Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Well, in our last session, we were examining the short sayings that are given to us in chapter 16 of the book of Proverbs. And we left off with verse 24, and now let's look at verse 25. The Bible says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now notice there, there is a way that seemeth right into a man. Now one of those men uh, can be found in the book of Genesis. His name is Cain. Cain is the first person that was ever born. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, meaning he had uh, marital relations with her, and she conceived and bear Cain. Now that implies that life begins at conception. And said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. Now why would she say that I've gotten a man from the Lord? This is just a sidebar, okay? I believe she thought she had had the fulfillment uh, of Genesis 3 and verse 15, which says, uh, God says, and I will put enmity between thee, our I'll put conflict or war between thee and the woman. Now he's speaking to the devil here. The Lord is. And between thy seed, Satan, and her seed, the woman's seed, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. The inference there is that the seed of the woman, and the man has the seed, not the woman, but in this case is speaking of the fact that the seed was implanted in Mary. We know that from the Gospels by the Holy Spirit. And uh, therefore, in that sense of the word, uh, it's called, uh, Christ is called the seed of the woman. Bottom line is that God is pronouncing a conflict or a war that will go on between the seed of Satan and the seed of uh, the woman the seed of Satan and the seed uh, which is Christ uh, throughout all of human history. And that's the way it's been, and that's the way it will be until Satan is finally cast into the lake of fire, uh, the Bible says in the book of Revelation. But Cain here is born, and uh, uh, verse 2 says, And she again bare uh, his brother Abel. So Abel's the second man that was ever born. Remember, Adam and Eve were created. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep. He was a shepherd. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. He would have been a, we'd call him a farmer. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Now that presupposes, number one, that Cain believed in God because he's bringing, he's bringing the Lord an offering. Uh, so he's religious, all right? Uh, and he brings an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of the flock and of the fat thereof. So 
Cain goes out and he brings something from the ground. But remember, God cursed the ground. So whatever he is going to give to God will, will be cursed. Because God said he'd curse the ground. He didn't say he would curse livestock. He said he'd curse the ground. And he says here, or the Bible says, and, and Abel brought the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. The fat thereof means that he evidently killed this animal, which is probably a sheep, shed its blood. The animal was innocent, typifying Jesus Christ. Uh, and his blood, the blood of the animal, innocent blood, typifying, typifying the innocent, perfect, sinless blood of Christ. And the Bible says in verse 5, uh, and Abel, uh, verse 4, and Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. Now God accepted Abel's offering because it was of blood and it was of an innocent, it was a substitutionary uh, uh, offering uh, that God accepted. But, verse 5, into Cain and his offspring, uh, and his offering, God had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, very wroth, really mad, and his countenance, his face, well. Now, we read the rest of that story, and we find out that Cain kills Abel, and basically he killed, I think, Abel because he was envious of him, and uh, because God did not uh, accept Cain's offering, uh, Cain then was cursed, and the Bible says he departed the presence of the Lord. Now, what does that have to do with Proverbs uh, 16 and verse 25? There is a way that seemeth right into a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The offering that Cain brought seemed right to him. He had worked for that offering. And so he brought that offering, fully expecting it, uh, the offering to be accepted uh, by God, but it was not accepted. It was rejected, which, which then showed what was really in Cain's heart all the time. It was murder, and he goes out and kills his brother. But what I'm saying is Cain, to him, doing something, performing something, bringing something uh, uh, that he that he uh, worked for himself made sense to him. It was a way that seemed right, but it wasn't the right way. Now, that can be compared to the person that is religious and goes through religious rituals and, and goes to mass or goes to church faithfully and does all these things thinking, thinking that that way he's going is going to be accepted of God but it won't. There is a way that seemeth right, but that's the wrong way. The only thing God will accept is the sacrifice of an innocent person, and that innocent person was Jesus Christ and his sinless shed blood. Uh, now, uh, Abel offered his sacrifice by faith, Cain offered his sacrifice by works. Therefore, 
God did not recognize Cain's way for salvation. And I hate to say it, but the, uh, but the majority of people in the world think they can somehow gain God's approval and God's acceptance by doing good works or by being religious. And that's the wrong way. Matter of fact, it's it's called in Jude chapter, there's only one chapter, verse 11, it's called the way of Cain. Woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain. What is the way of Cain? The way of Cain is the way of a person who believes in God with their head, but not with their heart. They don't have true faith in their heart, but Cain believed intellectually in God, that was the way of Cain to believe in God, but to not fully trust him. Because we know his countenance fell and he became very angry. Who was he angry at? He was angry at God. And it's being religious, but religion never saved anybody, never will save anybody. It's the wrong way. You say, preacher, then what is the right way? Well, it's very simple. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way. I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. For uh, uh, the Bible says uh, that uh, that Peter said, there, uh, there's uh, none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That name is Jesus. And so when we go back to Proverbs uh, chapter 16 and verse 25, there's a way that seemeth right. Salvation by works seems right. Uh, being religious seems right. But the Bible says the end thereof are the ways of death. The only ways of life are, are, are uh, uh, made up in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, I hope you understand what I've taught there in verse 25. Are you trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone? Is he the only thing you're trusting in, the only person you're trusting in to get you to heaven? If you are, you're going to heaven. If you're trusting in your religion or your denomination or your good works, you're going to hell. I can't make it any plainer than that. Verse 26. He that laboreth or he that works for himself Read it again. He that laboreth, laboreth for himself, for his mouth craveth it of him. Which simply means this, that a person is motivated to work, otherwise they'll starve. Okay? And the Bible says in the New Testament, uh, if you uh, don't work, you shouldn't eat. But his mouth craveth it of him. Craveth what? It, well, it, 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 it craves the... Uh, result of the labor. You labor, you get something for your labor, then you can feed your your body. Uh, so an appetite is what it's talking about. An appetite motivates a person to work, or it should. Verse 27. An ungodly man diggeth up evil. It's like a person looking for treasure. An ungodly per a person looks for ungodly treasure. An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is a burning fire. Now, this is not talking about smoking cigarettes, by the way. Though smoking cigarettes 
uh, is not a good idea, especially since it's already been proven that it causes cancer. Um, and uh, as someone said, uh, smoking cigarettes will not send you to hell, but it will make you smell like you have already been there. Well, uh, regardless, that's not the point here that he's wanting to give us. He's wanting to say this, that what you say, what you say from your lips can be like a fire that, that just causes uh, pain to people. Uh, the slander uh, of your lips or the gossip that you, some good juicy gossip uh, that you can't wait to tell. Uh, the speech from your mouth will either be hurtful or helpful to other people. And uh, so uh, you you don't want to speak uh, uh, things that would be a that would burn somebody else that would hurt somebody else. Verse twenty eight, a froward man, which is a deceitful person, soweth strife, likes to cause trouble. You know somebody like that? They just they they just can't wait to cause trouble. And uh, but the Bible says a fraudward man soweth could be a woman as well soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. Somebody that says, "Hey, don't tell anybody. I told you this. Now, uh, don't tell a soul. Now, don't don't you tell anybody. But I know what so and so did, and blah 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 blah. They whisper it." And so it says, a whisper separateth chief friends. So two people that are real good friends, here comes a third party along and starts whispering something to one friend and something to the other friend that's different. And do you know what he said about you? And do you know what he said about you? And they can separate those good friends. We've got to watch what we say. Verse 29, a violent man enticeth his neighbor. He picks a fight. A violent man does. He, by, by his words, he's wanting to pick a fight with you and leadeth him into the way that is not good, which means that he'll get you so mad you'll want to fight him. Okay, you're being enticed by the words of that individual. Now, you couple that with verse 32, and I'm going to jump over there right now. It says, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. So if a violent man or a violent woman tries to lead you into a conflict, into an argument, you be slow to anger, verse 32, and you rule your own spirit. Just make up your mind. I'm not going to let them stir me up. I'll walk away first. I'm not going to let them make me mad. And and, and the, it, the longer you stay there, the more you'll get angry and you'll wind up wanting to fight back. But take charge of your spirit. Don't let your spirit uh, uh, rule you, uh, but you rule your spirit. And it says in verse 32, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, be better than a mighty man of war. And he that ruleth his spirit. Take charge of your spirit. What's it mean to rule your spirit? It means submit your spirit to the Holy Spirit. When you do that, God will be ruling your spirit, all right? Uh, then he that taketh a city or he that overthrows a city, uh, uh, in those days they would come in and, and uh, like uh, when uh, Israel was overthrown by the Assyrian army and later on uh, Judah was overthrown by the, uh, by the Babylonian army. Uh, if you can rule your spirit, 
And if you can be slow to anger, you are more powerful than those that overthrow cities. All right. Uh, and so uh, we got to go back now because we're going to pick up verse 31. The hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness, which means this, that uh, an old, a person that's got gray hair or white hair or an old person, they will, they will uh, be appreciated by others if they are people who uh, have lived right. Uh, you'll be respected by others uh, in your older age if they know that they may not agree with you on everything, but they know you have been a woman that has lived a godly life or a man that's lived a godly life. And uh, uh, if you have done that, that you're going to be, uh, you're going to be appreciated. Uh, that's what it means. That's what it means when it says a crown of glory. People are going to appreciate you and admire you Though they may not agree with you, they're going to admire you because they know that you was an honest person and lived a godly life. And that's something we all ought to strive for, regardless what age that, that we are. And the last of all, verse 33, the lot is cast into the lap. Now, in those days, sometimes they would take uh, several uh, stones, and uh, they would all be different colors, and to determine what they ought to do, uh, they would cast lots, and the one that got that that one stone would be the one that would that would either be set free or that would be taken captive, whatever the case may be, or whatever the scenario was. That's the the point you get here. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing there is of, of is of the Lord. So we as humans can cast lots, but God is the one that will really determine what the outcome will be. All right. In those days before they had, before the people had the word of God, many times they cast lots. I don't think you ought to cast lots today. You ought not to throw dice and say, well, if it comes up a six, then I'm going to do this or going to do that. No, that's foolish. Don't do that today. We have the word of God that tells us exactly what we ought to do in every circumstance if we'll read it and study it. So we don't need to gamble with God. Come on. Because God knows the outcome anyway, whatever it may be. But in those days, of course, they did cast lots, and uh, but God determined what the outcome would be. But we don't do that today. We don't have to because we have the word of God which is a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. And we don't have to gamble with God. All right. Okay. That ends chapter 16. And we'll look at 17 in our next session.
You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Thank you for listening.